0: At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now.
1: Ms. T. You'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener.
0: Hello, Knoxville. You're in once again with nothing less than the best. It's October 3rd, and you're tuned in to Talking with T. This is Tanisha Baker, always grateful that you're joining me for another great segment of the Talk Show Design with you in mind. If today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, rock and roll legend Chubby Checker and activist Reverend Al Sharpton, also songstress India Ari. On this date in history in 1949, WERD, the first black radio station, begins operating in Atlanta, Georgia. And on this date in 1904, Bethune-Cookman College opens in Daytona Beach, Florida. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This month, there is an increased focus on bringing about awareness of this disease. Most of us know of someone or some family that has been touched by this sometimes fatal disease, most often found in women. This show is dedicated to all those that are cancer patients, cancer survivors, and those that have passed due to this disease. Also, to those that love and care for them. October is not only Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but it is also Domestic Violence Month. Domestic violence, which includes dating violence, is described as violent or aggressive behavior within the home, typically involving the violent abuse of a spouse or partner, the batterer, uses acts of violence and a series of behaviors, including intimidation, threats, psychological abuse, and isolation to coerce and to control the other person. We're going to bring some more insights and awareness to the plight of domestic violence throughout the month. If you want to participate in the conversation or have something to share on this issue, please call 865-409-1170. Again, our call-in line is area code 865-409-1170. In addition to being Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Domestic Violence Awareness Month, it is also AIDS Awareness Month, Emotional Wellness Month, Financial Planning Month, Halloween Safety Month, National Bullying Prevention Month, and National Crime Prevention Month. There are actually many more that I don't have time to list today. It is the first Monday in October, which means it's time to introduce you to our new theme. The theme this month is Facing Our Fears. We're going to talk about things that are scary to think about. Things that strike fear and anxiousness in our hearts and minds. Not things most commonly associated with this month like ghosts and goblins and witches, but real issues that are dangerous and threatening. People fear many things. We can easily become fearful and afraid. Some of these fears have been classified into various kinds of phobias. And the word phobia comes from a Greek word meaning fear. For example, there's acrophobia, which is a fear of high places. Claustrophobia, a fear of enclosed places. Xenophobia, which is a fear of dogs. Hydrophobia, You guessed it, it's a fear of water, necrophobia, which is a fear of death, and noctophobia, a fear of night. I am anxious to hear from you about those things that you are afraid of, or things that you know of that cause fear in people. Let's move on from fear to our happy highlights. It's good news that the White House is focusing on efforts to support girls of color in school. There are several new tools available to address the trauma these often neglected students experience. A group of advocates for girls of color have highlighted the challenges these students face. There was a conference this past Monday that looked at providing services and supports to an overlooked demographic. Girls of color still face disproportionate barriers and high academic achievement. I wanted to particularly bring this up during a time when we are placing a lot of attention on our black boys. Not that the attention isn't warranted, but we have to make sure we don't neglect our girls. Black girls represent just 8% of students, yet they account for 14% of out of school suspensions. You can read more about the new plans through the link on my website under today's show. The next story is really neat. It's about an Australian man named Tyson Crawley who had stopped at a gas station to fill his car with gas and get coffee on his way to work. When he got to the register to pay, he realized that he had forgotten the PIN number to his new bank card and had no cash. Just as he was about to freak out, another man offers to pay the tab, which was about $84 in U.S. currency. Obviously, Crawley was stunned and asked for the man's contact information so that he could pay him back. The man simply wrote down the words, Pass it on. The man was later identified as John Kennedy Jr., a Michigan-born hockey player who now plays for the Newcastle North Stars. Since that time, Crawley has been fulfilling his part of the bargain by paying kindness forward. He went back to the same gas station and paid for a man's fuel, And on the back of the receipt, he wrote, pass it on. Let's listen to our Monday Minute Quick Bits. 114 people were injured and a woman killed when a New Jersey commuter train was traveling way too fast and crashed into the Hoboken Terminal. Attorney Nathan Desai, age 46, injured nine people in a shooting rampage in Houston this past Monday, wearing military clothing with Nazi emblems. He was carrying nearly 2,600 rounds of ammunition inside his Porsche convertible. Chicago prosecutors charged a man this past Wednesday for the 1992 murder and sexual assault of a six-year-old boy after releasing a man who served more than 20 years of a life sentence for the crime. The conviction of Marks Maxson was thrown out because of new DNA evidence which maxed Osborne Wade. Wade recorded a video apologizing to the child's family and to Maxson. Maxson had previously accused the police of beating him into a false confession. Pennsylvania officer Melissa Adamson was fired for posting a racially offensive photo, which you can see on my website. Kentucky House candidate Dan Johnson refuses to apologize for Facebook posts made about President Obama that many call blatantly racist. You can check out these photos as well and judge for yourself because I posted those under today's show on www.talkingwitht.com. Jada Pinkett Smith launches a program called Careers in Entertainment in an effort to help youth in underserved areas from diverse backgrounds achieve their dreams of entering the film industry. The U.S. Department of Education has $5 million in grant money to award to cities to help students cope with the aftermath of civil unrest. The grants are said to promote student resilience in St. Louis, Baltimore, and Chicago. Finally, Tulsa cop Betty Shelby enters a not guilty plea to the charges of first-degree manslaughter in the shooting of Terrence Crutcher. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. You're listening to Talking With T.
2: glad as always to welcome the know-it-all Professor Jay and our lead investigator and instigator P.I. Pam to the show as we highlight some trending news. And I want to start off by saying hello to the both of you. What's going on? Hey, T. Hey. Well, it's another week and another incident involving police prematurely responding fatally to an unarmed black man. This time, the location is in El Cajon, California, which is near San Diego. The police shot and killed Alfred Olango, whose relatives described as being mentally challenged. His sister had called the police, concerned that her brother was not acting like himself, and he was walking in traffic. This adds to the list of stories where citizens call the police for help and then, unfortunately, end up with a tragedy. The two officers arrived at the scene, and Alfred pulled something out of his pocket while taking a, quote, shooting stance. By the way, the object that he pulled out of his pocket was an e-cigarette. Anyway, the officers immediately opened fire, of course, killing him. Now, Pam said uh, last week that the cycle continues, and I believe you because man was shot, killed by police, then the protest started, then it happened again. So I don't even know if we have any more commentary for this type of story because we have reported it so many times. But um, just to shed more light, however, mental health issues are reported to be a factor in about a fourth of fatal police shootings. Orango became the 716th person shot and killed by the police this year. About 172 of them had some type of mental health issues. And at first I thought, okay, this was a misprint or I'm reading it wrong. So I double-checked it and cross-referenced this information, of course. And sadly, it is true that 716 people have been killed by the police this year.
1: As you always say, it seems as if we're reporting the same story every week. And I'm wondering at what point will we be able not to have to have an addition of talking with people. We don't include some story of an African American male who is innocent, unarmed, whatever other uh, appropriate adjective would work there, uh, being killed at the hands of police. It's right. really getting to the point where it's almost as a black male, you wonder if it's safe to even leave the confines of your own home because any move you make will be presumed as presumed to be a threatening move right and
2: sometimes it's not even really threatening and so you know we've run down the various reasons that were given for police acting in a way that they felt threatened or whatnot but I like to go back to what Pam has stated before and of course like I said we've had to have this discussion too many times but There are other ways to take down a suspect, especially if you do not see a weapon. And, you know, you mentioned tasers. And a lot of times it's 20 officers and one person. You know, it just seems like there are some alternate ways. And I know that uh, one thing we can add to the cycle is that after the person is shot and after the protest, the departments always say they're going to invest in more training. So I'm eager to see when that training is going to begin and when it's going to have an impact on the number of these incidents that occur. But speaking of police and and shooting, while we're on the topic, I wanted to bring up that the Philadelphia police officials are reviewing the death of a man who had attacked five people. Now, I'm going to share more about his crime, but it indeed was a crime that should have ended in some type of police interference. The issue is that there were nine officers and they shot him a 109 times. So the commissioner explained that the excessive shooting could be um, due to a term that I really hadn't heard before, but it's described as contagious gunfire. And it's when officers hear gunfire and think they're under fire, and then they continue to return the gunfire. But let me go back to say that I may not be really sympathetic for this guy. His name was Christopher Sowell because he had stabbed his eight-year-old son and his son's friend. Then he attacked three other people, including his daughter, who he choked, an elderly neighbor whose throat he slashed, and a woman he punched. So clearly, he had to be stopped. And I haven't read any updates on this story that explain the motive for such a violent spree but I, again, the investigation is kind of hinging on why they shot him 109 times. You know, I was like, was he Jason or Freddy Krueger? Like, did he keep getting up or something? But, uh. Um, no, what? <laughs> you, but to shoot somebody that many times, I'm pretty sure he was dead maybe 95 shots ago. Yeah, it, that yeah probably weird. so. Now, I agree they had to stop him because obviously this man, Plum, lost his mind. I mean, he had done some horrific things. When I think about the fact that he stabbed his own 8-year-old son and choked his daughter, you know, he had some issues. So that's not, you know, I think that anyone's debating that he needs to be taken down, but I think they just want to make sure because there are cases, obviously, where people haven't committed such horrendous crimes. And if you have a force that's willing to shoot somebody 109 times, you might want to be a little cautious.
3: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes, so, indeed.
2: Uh, I, like many Americans, obviously, because it broke a record, watched the debate last Monday. And, Jay, uh, we're counting on you this week to share some insights and highlights from this last presidential debate between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, so, of course, this past presidential debate was, in my opinion, epic. And let's just go ahead and start off by talking about how the debate began. Of course, when the two candidates entered the stage, uh, Donald Trump addressed Secretary of State, uh, former First Lady Hillary Clinton, as Mrs. Clinton, Secretary, Secretary of State Clinton, whatever. He gave her a formal title. And in the ultimate shade, Secretary Clinton just simply said Donald <laughs> so we already knew where this was going from John, and may I throw in that Donald Trump looked a little less orange on this particular debate. And wait a minute, wait, well, minute. wait a minute, did he say? Did he say he looked less orange? Less orange.
2: Yeah. Less okay. orange.
1: okay. And all right. Uh, Secretary of State, former First Lady Clinton was killing it with this little three-millimeter heel that she had on. (laughs) Moving on, there were were quite a few interesting little highlights from the debate that, you know, jumped out to me and several other people who were viewing. First and foremost, um, there were several questions about why Donald Trump refused to release his tax returns, and he said that he is facing a routine audit from the IRS that precluded him from releasing his IRS return. Now, Lester Holt, bless his heart, as we said <laughs> down here in the South, bless his heart, tried his best to moderate this debate uh, as best he could. And Lester Holt told the people that uh, the IRS had said that Donald Trump was able to release anything that he wanted. And Mr. Trump said that he released his tax return against his lawyer's wishes if Mrs. Clinton released, agreed rather to release a cashier of her email. Shots fired. Boom, boom. Mm. Ultimate shame. Okay. And also uh, there was much debate about whether Mrs. Clinton had a presidential look to which Mr. Trump said that she didn't and Mr. Trump repeatedly said that Hillary Clinton didn't have the stamina. Now, mm, okay, I'm just going to leave that right there. And of course, Mrs. Clinton mentioned that Donald Trump talked about how he's focusing so much so on how she doesn't have stamina, but this is, the one, this is the same man, rather, who's called women pigs, slobs, and dogs. And Mr. Trump was also going to mention some of former President Bill Clinton's indiscretions but decided against it since Chelsea was in the room. Now, mm. let me just stop right there. Chelsea Clinton is a grown woman by now. If she hadn't heard anything about what her father allegedly had done and can't process that as a as an adult, then okay, then moving on, yeah, so Mrs. Clinton also suggested that she was worried about uh Donald Trump getting his hands on nuclear codes, and Mr. Trump replied that that line was getting a bit old, so you know there were questions about whether. Uh, Donald Trump will be able to deal with the whole idea of nuclear war, even the Islamic state, and he had no real true strategy for dealing with these issues that he would have to face as the potential president of the United States. And I put potential in air quotes. Mm-hmm. And along the same lines of the, the story that we just reported about the uh black man who was shot by police, there was a question asked if uh, Hillary Clinton believed that police officers were implicitly biased against African-Americans. She suggested that all Americans were susceptible to bias and stated that, and I quote, I think, unfortunately, too many of us in this great country jump to conclusions about each other. And there was also uh, a comment from Ms. Clinton about how race relations were a significant challenge in this country, agreeably so. And how African-Americans and Hispanics, according to Donald Trump, are living in hell. You walk down the streets, you get shot. And those were his words. Mm. So there was a question of, of who was the true winner in this debate. Personally, I think Secretary Clinton was able to hold her ground in this debate. She seemed to be very well organized, very well prepared, which, interestingly enough, she said that she prepared for this debate and she's also prepared to be the president of the United States, whereas Donald Trump, I felt like whenever he opened his mouth, I was in the middle of, the, of a South Memphis chicken match, and Donald Trump was the loser.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? I was late for you to break up two things. One, the excessive sniffling, because I was on Twitter, and people were going in. I was like, are oh, they even listening to the debate? Are uh, they too distracted by him sniffling? And he had the nerve to talk about uh Hillary not having stamina. He drunk about a gallon of water. And also, uh, I heard that he interrupted her 26 times. And that was ridiculous. But
1: I was waiting on you to bring up the whole thing about the taxes. Well, you know, uh first of all, on that sniffling, we're just kind of going to leave that right there because we're – Going to presume, lest we assume, that he was dealing with a slight cold or a sinus infection. We're going to hope that. Mm-hmm. Now, there there was much speculation on various social media outlets as far as to why he was sniffing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we're just going to leave that right there. Okay. Now, we're going to pray
2: he had a cold and he's not in love with the cocoa.
1: Oh. <laughs> What's the
2: song okay. say? If you wanna ride, ride the white horse. <laughs> <boy. laughs> okay, but what about now? Him not paying taxes? I've been thinking about that a lot, and I just figured I'm gonna go to the IRS and I'm
1: gonna ask them
2: to help me file my taxes the way he did. Well, first because, of all, hold on. Of let, he me
1: said he was right, let, let me stop you right there. Okay. Let me give you two, let me give you two qualifications uh, that will let you know if the IRS will let you file your tax returns like Donald Trump did. Number one, okay. uh-huh. do you have a horrible coma? I have a what? A horrible comb over. <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Comb-over. <laughs> I was going to say what's a comb over <laughs> like that? <You're> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he combs his hair over. He gives you a slight food for the people. <laughs> and number two, when you wake up in the morning, are you the same color as a Cheeto? <laughs> so you're saying I need to be a Cheeto with a comb over? Yeah, and a couple of failed business ventures, hotels, a line of ties and shirts that nobody wears anymore. Okay. Now, If you get all three of those things, the IRS might hook you up with your taxes to what you don't have to pay.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm going to try to figure all that out. But I was personally offended when he said it made him smart because I'm thinking I want to be smart also. Or he's calling all of the rest of us who are honestly trying to support the government and government ventures, which includes educating our youth, includes safety, includes research, includes military supports and all of that. I mean, I understand why we have to pay taxes. And so for him to intentionally evade that, uh, is troubling to me. And it just makes me wonder what he's going to do or what he's going to allow happen if he were to become president as far as, you know, raising the taxes for lower and middle class, protecting the wealth of the upper class. I'm not sure, but that was troubling to me that he thought it was wise for him to evade paying federal taxes.
1: Right. It's a definite slap in the face for those of us who get up every morning and work hard and contribute to the upkeep, the well-being of our country, uh, and who pay taxes Mm -hmm. faithfully. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. Well, let's jump right into the crazy chronicle. Uh, And Pam, I know... You had a couple of stories for us, I believe. And if you wouldn't mind, starting off with one that I keep having flashbacks about thinking, is this really happening? Did this really happen? And often these either pictures or demonstrations occur that are blatantly racist. But after it's over, the person will say, well, I'm not racist. I didn't mean it that way. But I want you to tell us about the student at the ETSU campus who showed up at the Black Lives Matter protest. Okay, yes. A peaceful protest on East Tennessee State University's campus in Johnson City last Wednesday was uh, sort of taken over when a man wearing a gorilla mask showed up and started handing out bananas to students at the peaceful Black Lives Matter um, protest. So. You know, and, I, and I'm and I'm reading the story, and I think, is this really, you know, when it first came up, I was thinking, is this old? Is this 2016? And somebody really had the nerve, a Caucasian young man really had the nerve to go up to, you know, African-American students and hand out bananas to them wearing a gorilla mask. I'm thinking, this cannot be real life. This has to be a joke. Where is Ashton Kutcher? Are they being punked? I mean, what is really going on? That's <laughs> Well, you know, the students, I think, responded very well. Uh, I saw an interview with one young man who obviously was angered and, you know, not appreciative of that act. But they decided to still maintain the peaceful protest and not return ignorance because they were receiving ignorance. And so I was proud of that fact. But still, you know, a lot of people, particularly African-Americans here in America, we are right on the edge. You know, it doesn't take much. Any one person can only take so much. And we've been going through this type of trauma for a long time. And so, you know, it could have ended very differently, but I think they have suspended that man. i tell you what I accidentally did, even though Pam warned me not to. When I was reading the article, I kept scrolling down yes, to the you. end of the article, yes, you did, and started reading the comments. And that is where i i the comments may have been even more disturbing than the act itself, because there are quite a few quite a few people that are overt racist and don't mind sharing their opinions and their views regarding diversity african Americans and all of that, and of course they're hiding behind a pen and and social media but there were just so many, so many comments. You couldn't even get through them all of those that either agreed with this young man or supported his act. So that was disturbing to me. And, you know, and the, the thing about it, it, it's sort of like he, he, re- he researched this. He saw online where they was going to have a protest. And by the way, his name is Tristan Redke. And so okay. he he saw online they were going to have a protest. He goes to the store buys a rope and bananas and a gorilla mask and decides when he gets up that morning he's going to go to this peaceful protest and hand out bananas like it was okay, okay so you know, causing he, this it's like, like premeditated racism huh? so it's like premeditated, yeah, premeditated like he racism. sat up and, and yes he sat up and thought about this all night and said when I give it a morning this is what I'm going to do and he was also carrying a backpack with a rubber flag on it and um, and a marijuana leaf, for some reason. Just hmm. just weird. But he was arrested, and they yeah. charged him with civil rights intimidation. And also, he's going to be looking for um, consequences, because he was a freshman at the university. But like you said, the comments from the people, you think, these are people that, you know, we probably see every day. Co-workers, doctors, lawyers, people at the hospital, you know, Just people in general that we see every day because me being as nosy as I am, I click on their profiles and see, you know, who are they? Where they work at? You know, what do they do? You know, because people tend to put a lot of things on social media. And I think, Lord, this person works. You know, I've been here before. You know, this person is goes to school here or this person is part of this business. It just makes you, you know, shake your head sometimes what you're dealing with. No, I was going to say, I wonder would this have been the same outcome if he had went to an HBCU university and did this. Mm, I don't know. We, we're going to leave that right there because I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know that he would have dared, actually. I think that sometimes people do things because they already know that they're going to be able to get away with it. You know, that they're in an environment where they feel at least that they're going to either be protected or that no harm is going to come to them or that people agree with them or whatever. Because that, I mean, that was just really wrong. And he wasn't hiding. I mean, he was hiding behind the mask. But, I mean, his act itself was just wide open. So, I don't know. But I wouldn't suggest, if for any listeners, you know, whether you agree with him or not, I I wouldn't suggest that you go to HBCU and try a similar stunt.
1: Well, no, I wouldn't, no, that wouldn't be a good idea. You might not make right, it off the right. campus. <laughs> right. So
2: uh <laughs> before we we close, let's uh listen to our last story from the Crazy Chronicles, which, uh you know, I kind of was torn if I could put it in the Crazy Chronicles, but it is just so <laughs> crazy. Uh, i got to get my thoughts. Pam, cool. can you go ahead and share the story about Shotty Lowe, please? It's so, it's so crazy that it's, it's funny that, you know, you know, we are some, you know, sometimes I shake my head at black people. I love my race. Don't get that wrong. But sometimes I just shake my head at some of the shenanigans we do, especially when people die. So, um, last week, uh, Shotty Lowe, he died in a car wreck, leaving the Blue Flame, um, Gentleman's Club, aka Strip Club. Um, one night. He had had a single car accident. You know, he was ejected. He died. He had two other women with him as well. And so, you know, people were mourning, you know, and everything. Um, He also is the father of 11 kids by 10 different women. And he was going to have a reality show. Wait, wait. I feel like, I'm sorry, I feel like we need to have a moment of (laughs) silence. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Jay, go ahead and say a
2: slight little prayer.
1: You know what? (laughs) let's just have the moment of
2: silence (laughs) so and the funny thing is that he was going to have a reality show but people were so uh, I guess offended by it that they blocked you know the networks from doing they said there was enough negative uh, things about African Americans already on the show with reality but his uh, mothers of his children they actually all get along together Kids all get along. Mothers all get along. So it's just like they want big happy family. Mm. So he passed. You know, everybody's mourning, you know, and so they said they're going to have a funeral and it's going to be open to the public. Okay, you know, that's nice. You let people, your fans and everybody come in and view the body. I didn't think anything was wrong with it at when they said it, but now I'm thinking that they probably should have had a private viewing and a public funeral with a closed casket because not only were people taking pictures of him in his casket, they were also taking selfies with him. Standing, you know, close to the casket, throwing up peace sign, you know, having bottles of liquor, just outrageous stuff. And so I'm thinking, you know, that that's it. But then at the actual funeral, you know, it seemed like it was just a mockery. There was a young woman okay. singing, and she... I don't know if she forgot the words or she just was in the wrong note. She broke out in a fake cry. It it was just a mess. It was on, it was live on top of that. So you could watch the whole ceremony. It was just a mess. And so, but that isn't the tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg is when they left before they went to the burial. They decided they would go by the strip club, Blue Flame, that he had left from so he could pay his final respects. They who? They who decided to they, go. They, they the, the, people family, they the, the people attending the funeral. The people attending the funeral family. decided to go. No, the family. the family decided. Okay, the family decided to go back to the strip club. Yes, and park out there and play music, and people were dancing. The strippers were coming out, so he could have his final respects. When you say so, he, you know. you're saying it as if he were with them. Yeah, he's dead. You know, and Shorty Low, he had this song uh "I act real foolish." But wait a minute, right, I didn't Pam. Let me clear that something that up. Was... <laughs> you are saying that he's with them at the club. He's he's dead. He's in the casket, but he's at the club. You gonna have to clear this up for me, Pam. Now, do you that? Have... What? <laughs> Can you explain yourself, please? I you tell one minute you telling me he dead, and the next minute you tell me he at the strip club and he already dead. I mean
1: was it is go well what are you trying to let, say? Let, let me let me let me help you because I, I've seen I've seen quite a few Instagram, Snapchat videos and pictures. Well, bring Shardin me Lowe up to was, speed. shot Lowe was in the casket. They okay. pulled the hearse with the casket in it in front of the blue flame.
2: Why, oh never mind, okay. Okay.
1: The folks outside having a, a a a pure D party in the parking lot around around her. the hearse. Okay. Around
2: the hearse. All out party outside the Blue Flame, and then I was thinking one of his daughters got on Instagram and said that she wanted people to take the pictures of her dead father off the internet because it was disrespectful. But I'm thinking, so you have a problem with that, but you okay with taking his bike to the strip club and having a party? People dancing by the hearse, they popping it like it's, uh, it, was a, it was a mess. If you haven't seen it, please pull it up. All you got to do is pull it shotty low. Oh, you know That's what? You know what? Like I music. didn't look at it, but I did post the link to the video you sent me on www.talkingwitht.com. So I'm going to check it out. And listeners, if you haven't seen it yet and you want to, you can go onto the website under today's show and click the link, and we can all figure this thing out together. Yeah, but before the record, please don't take me, um, by no clubs that I may have frequented back in the day. <laughs> or, or, or even if I just, even if I, if, even if I just left the Elks, please don't take me back there and, uh, yeah. have a party. Please don't. Tanisha J, oh. don't let them do that. And I don't, and I don't want no, I don't want any t-shirts. Okay. Um, Tanisha, Tanisha doesn't want t-shirts either, y'all. Right. So we right. all know. <laughs> That is right. I have stated that. Mm-hmm. We can't have no airbrush t-shirts. <laughs> please don't. Please don't. No. Another one. I want a very we simple, quick day. homegoing service, please. I'm glad he can finally rest in peace. But I don't know what happened when he got up there to to the pearly gates. What do you mean? know what God? I don't know what God said to him about that. Mm, well, you are well, assuming that his conversation was with God. You know, that elevator goes both ways, but so we're going to leave that there, too. Well,
1: right. you know, um, in the words of one of the titles of his songs, if he got to the pearly gate and he met up with the angels, if I can quote one of his songs, they know. So it is They know. They know. They know.
2: They know. They know. They know all right well that's it for this bit and as always i enjoy covering trending news with i know it all professor Jay and our lead investigator and instigator pi pam i can't wait to hear what the two of you have to say next week and
0: i can't wait to tell it
1: and you know i'm going to say it all right now
0: Be reminded that you can now call in and leave your thoughts on topics or issues and your call may be featured on an upcoming show. The call-in number is 865-409-1170. Again, that's area code 865-409-1170. Once you call, you will receive instructions on how to proceed. Also make note that I'm always looking to share and highlight music from rising artists and I look forward to more submissions for T's top teens and hometown heroes. Visit www.thevillageofknots.com for events and highlights for the Knoxville, Tennessee area. As we strive to take Talking with T to the next level, your feedback is important. Please, please, take a few moments and write a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or however you tune into the show. Your reviews will help boost the show. This will help secure sponsors and move us forward. Talking with T is currently looking for sponsors. So if you're interested in having your product or service featured on Talking with T, we would love to help you promote your business. Well, once again, we've come to an end, but stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com, and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It is impossible to highlight all that goes on in the news, but there are daily posts on all of the social media outlets that will keep you informed. Remember that you can listen to Talking With Tea anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Google Music. But new shows drop each Monday, And don't forget to subscribe to Talking With Tea Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. A ship is safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships are for. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking With Tea.